Welcome to the Infernal Mafia. That's Kayla. And hey, that's Sarah. Today we're talking about down regulation in IVF. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and a bunch of other things. We have a lot what of business. an interesting topic. Yeah, yeah it's a not a super interesting topic, as it turns out. But, so you're thinking to yourself, then why are you talking about it? I just think we wanted to, like, highlight each process of IVF, and that's one of them. So. Needs to be talked about. Needs to be talked it's about. the weirdest one. Yeah, I think we've said this before on the podcast that I, at first, was like, what's up with taking birth control to get pregnant? So, if you're having that same question, we're going to educate you with all of our knowledge. But before we do that, we have some biz. So, first thing we'll do the business up top is our Facebook groups. If you're not a part of those, go join if you'd like to. Um... The first one is the Infertile Mafia, and the group inside of that linked group, there we go, is the Infertile Mafia Bosses and Babies for pregnancy and children chatter. And it's getting hot in there. It's getting lots of stuff happening. I was going to say it's been pretty busy in the regular Facebook group lately. It's been very busy in both groups, yeah. So if you like, want additional support, Go join one of those groups. And um, actually, to be in the linked group, you have to be in the original group. So join both of them. Right. Yeah. And you can also find us on Instagram at Infertile Mafia Podcast. And we, Instagram is just like mostly for fun. But sometimes we'll ask you guys questions and get feedback from you. And of course, as always, if you're liking the podcast, shoot us a review on Apple Podcasts, a rating and review that really helps um, people find us when you guys write reviews. Like a good one. Like a good review. Yeah. (laughs) So So how did you like that picture I put on Instagram? I loved that picture that you put on Instagram. (laughs) It was uh, my husband and I were out shopping. I was going to a, a sewing store and across the um, parking lot for the little strip mall, there was the jerk shack or the jerk hut. The jerk hut. Which made us think of Kayla. <laughs> and see, okay, I'll be honest, because Sarah sent the picture to me before she posted it on Instagram. And uh, I just, I looked at it and I was like, oh, Sarah knows I went to Jamaica and she must think I like jerk chicken. <laughs> No, I was talking about jerking off. No, I got it now. <laughs> no, I got it. <laughs> oh, you you know what I was doing there? I do. I caught your joke. I was just a little late to the game, but I eventually got there. <laughs> I didn't know that you liked jerk chicken. Yeah. In Jamaica. I, I thought, yeah. Well, it's the best in Jamaica, but if you can find it somewhere not in Jamaica, it's also good. I just thought you guys, I was like, oh, Sarah and Peter are going to have jerk chicken today. Awesome. <laughs> we didn't eat there. Uh, well, you should try it. We Peter had a birthday coupon for Firehouse Subs, so uh, okay. we went there. 
Well, it if you good. try out the jerk cut, see now it's you're never gonna you're not gonna be able to think about it any other way. You don't want to go to a restaurant when you're thinking about semen. Ugh. Jerk cut. No, you don't. <laughs> that could be a new nickname though for the jerk off room. We can start calling it the jerk cut. The jerk cut. Yeah. You know, Just... speaking of Jamaica, you I feel like jerk chicken and weed are what you think of when you think of Jamaica. Maybe. The fertility right. clinics should have like a Jamaica themed jerk hut room and just <laughs> have like jerk chicken and weed in the jerk off room. Call it the jerk um, hut. <laughs> I'm pretty sure weed is bad for semen. Yeah. Maybe just a couple puffs. I don't know like if the smoke would hurt the semen, but smoking it before. Definitely is not good for your semen. Yeah, any kind of smoking before, but maybe just just the day of. <laughs> maybe I don't know. So makes them lazy. I know and unmotivated. But you're gonna get them out right away before they're affected by what you've just smoked. So weed and jerk chicken and lots of reggae, so that no one you know, like oh, so you I don't get down with the reggae. Yeah. I mean, the weed can be optional. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fertility clinics out there, jerk huts for everyone. They're like, no. <laughs> How can no. that be worse than their 90s porn that apparently they all have? Uh, I don't know. Like, the magazine I saw in there was weird. <laughs> right. So thank you for that on Instagram, tagging me in a, in a jerk, jerk hut post. You're welcome. <laughs> Speaking of Instagram, why don't we jump to a different item of business? We're going to go out of order. And let's okay. talk about the post I did about the stupid doctor that made that stupid comment. Yeah. Before I saw what you wrote, like your comment on it, I was like, what is she posting here? <laughs> you were like, oh, no, Kayla's getting political that male physicians well deserve to be paid more <laughs> Yeah, I was like, why would you say that? <laughs> should I read and it? Then I saw. Should I read sure. what he said? Okay. Probably should. This is on a post in our Instagram, again, Infertile Mafia podcast. Okay. This came from a doctor outside of Dallas in Plano. He's an internist, and this was published in a Dallas medical journal. This was an interview about the pay gap between male and female physicians. And he said... Yes, there is a pay gap. Female physicians do not work as hard and do not see as many patients as male physicians. This is because they choose to or they simply don't want to be rushed or they don't want to work the long hours. Most of the time, their priority is something else. Family, social, whatever. Nothing needs to be, quote, done about this unless female physicians actually want to work harder and put in the hours. If not, they should be paid less. That is fair. What a douchebag. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense, though. Like, how are do I don't know how doctors are paid, but shouldn't everyone make the same rate per hour? You know? It's no, it's not a, they don't get paid by the hour. I'm sure they have salaries. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the type of job where you'd be paid by the hour. I chose my response to be 
to point out all the amazing female doctors that I've had. And just through infertility, I've had other female doctors for other things. But my RE was an amazing woman. My reproductive immunologist was the smartest woman I've ever met. And then the woman who delivered my twins was a woman. And so that was my response to him. Like, no, you're wrong. (laughs) Just you're wrong on so many levels. Well, it's like a personal opinion of his. Yeah, he does. There's no data to back that up or I it just sounded so antiquated I'm like what is this 1964 what are you talking about what do you mean women don't work as hard it's crazy and I appreciate when doctors take the time to actually make me feel heard right I agree like Like, my, my pregnancy doctor is a man but he doesn't rush off like we talked about putting in fence posts last time I was there (laughs) Yeah. No, it's true. I think he I think he's probably right, though, about women on that point tend to probably spend more time with their patients. How dare they? I know. Relationship with their patients. That makes them, in my opinion, a better doctor. So. Yeah, I don't appreciate the doctors that are like, well, I don't see anything. Yeah, fine. Right. Or if it's something even worse, like, yeah, you have cancer. Bye. That's what a doctor told me once. What? Or not cancer. Not cancer. He's like, uh, yeah, you have a tumor on your pituitary gland. But anyway, (laughs) I gotta go. You're like, wait, um, excuse me. uh, Rewind. You have more information about this? Can you sit your ass down right now and explain yourself? Yeah. I don't have a tumor on my pituitary gland, by the way. That's a long story, guys. Yeah. But it was scary for a while. Yeah. But he, yeah, doctors, some doctors will just be like, well, I gotta go. Right. On to the next patient. So, for all the female physicians out there, you're getting a huge shout out from the Infertile Mafia. We love you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. You're awesome. Don't let the haters like this get you down. Yeah. Yeah. That guy, I mean, how old? He's probably like in his 70s. He's not. I looked it up and he's like, he looks, he looks too young to have an opinion like that. (laughs) You know? Oh, well, never mind. (laughs) He's not even an old guy. No, I mean, I I wouldn't say he's like in his 20s, but he's not. He looks that disappointed me even more because I was like, oh, you kind of look young-ish. So I expect more out of you. You know, like, why does it have to even be about gender, though? You know, it's not. Why can't we just like celebrate good doctors? Which is why at the end of my post, I was like, hey, thanks to all the good doctors out there. It's not it doesn't have to be about men or women. They're, they're, head, they're thinking about social stuff. Their heads are filled with shoes. Their heads and, are filled with you know, shoes and, like, their Instagram their feed done. and, yeah. That's what it <laughs> sounded like. So, I'm just, like, I think about having two daughters of my own and how I think it's great that there's these pioneers. Because there's still, women in the field are still, like, they're still the minority, 
in terms of like physicians, there's still more men than women. So I think it's great for like my own children to grow up seeing these really smart, capable women in such a respected field. So just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a good thing. Keep on keeping on. Keep on. (laughs) So our next item of business goes back to episode 36 when we talked to Christine in Fertility Illustrated and we were talking about where to take IVF used IVF needles because I four years later still have this huge bag of needles so we asked you guys on Instagram what you did with your unused or your used and unused needles and most people said that their fertility clinics took them back or they were able to take them to a pharmacy or a hospital. So if you're wondering about that and you're going through IVF, maybe plan ahead so you're not like me and you still have a bag full of needles in your closet four years later. Nice that I just threw mine away. Right, <laughs> which you're not supposed to do. It's too late now. <laughs> I looked it up and the closest needle drop off is at least 45 minutes away from me. Like, okay. A couple cities over. So I need to look it up and figure it out and and just let it go. Yeah. I feel like I, I should have asked the uh, animal clinic or wait, does it say animal shelter? Yeah. Well, it's, I think it was, I don't remember who told us this. Brett maybe said unused needles so not the ones you've used but the well, ones you have <laughs> i know that seems like duh but let's just make sure we clarify <laughs> oh i thought it was the used needles no no like, i still have my unused needles well you can drop them off at a pet shelter well i'm sending them to somebody oh well okay that works too <laughs> but I guess you can, pet shelters will take unused needles. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I hadn't thought of uh, that. That's a good idea. I, I was good, thinking like, used needles. No. No, 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 no. That's another. Like, so they use our used needles? That's another biohazard, Sarah. Just like throwing them in the trash. <laughs> they were in their little box. Yeah. Still. <laughs> So or a Gatorade bottle, you know. Mine, yeah, I got real creative places to put mine. You know what I think it is at this point? It's like a I have these pack rat tendencies. It's not about everything, but some things I have a really hard time letting go of. Like I just have to be ready to let go of it. And if I really <laughs> wanted to get rid of those by now, I could have and would have done it. But something Do you still have your pregnancy test? Um, I have, okay, do you want to hear a really weird, creepy story about me? Sure. I was so neurotic in my pregnancy, at least for a while, that I would take a pregnancy test every morning, like the Wanfo kind. Oh. And I would just tape them on this piece of paper every day. And I had them. I think everyone does that. Okay. It's not just me that's weird. (laughs) No. And I do still have that. At some point, I stopped doing it. But for, a like, longer than I care to admit, I was doing it every day out of neuroses. 
Speaking of Amazon pregnancy tests, did you see that Mandy said that the black dye ones were good? Oh. I'd never heard of them. I haven't either. But it looks like they show up sooner. Oh. Okay. So look black dye tests on Amazon. The blue dye tests are the worst. Yeah, it goes like from worst to best. I'm guessing it's blue dye, pink dye, purple dye, and then black dye. Hmm. Yeah. But when you get so. when you can buy them in bulk like that, it's like so hard not to do it every day. <laughs> Which again, there's no logic behind that because let's say something happened and the pregnancy ended like you would still get a positive pregnancy test for a long time if you're, you know, so there was no rhyme or reason to that. <laughs> it was just... You just needed to do it. You needed to see something. Yeah, it was my compulsion. You needed proof. I needed proof. But um, as if my oh. insane, like, morning sickness wasn't enough proof. But anyway, most people said take the used needles to back to their fertility clinic or the hospital. Some people got kind of sassy with me about it. Like, duh, why didn't you take it back to your fertility clinic? Like, I tried. They were like, we will not take those. So I was like, all right, well, I guess they're coming back home with me. You should get rid of them when your girls graduate high school or something. <laughs> yeah, they're like, mom, you're so weird. Just save it for, and, and put them in like a frame or something anytime they get sassy like do you see all those needles that's what I had to do to get you here so don't like you should feel really bad like try to guilt them into being good a shadow teenagers. box <laughs> what a shadow box yes like really creep them out and like talk about it when their friends come over <laughs> oh <laughs> it's just mean yeah I'll do it when I'm good and ready okay so we got emails couple emails and uh, yeah a couple emails and we didn't have an answer for these two emails that we're gonna read but maybe someone else does so if you have an answer or a story let us know you can do it in the facebook group or on instagram on the post about the episode you're listening to right now so kaylin says, I have a weird journey and I was wondering if you have come across any other stories where someone has developed food allergies slash sensitivities from endometriosis. I became really, really sick, which I finally figured out was from certain foods. At the same time, my endo peaked and after my lap, I have a much higher tolerance for those foods. Isn't that interesting? So... I don't know. I find it interesting. Maybe it's ovulation. What do you mean? Like, when I ovulate, it seems like it disturbs my intestines. Oh. <laughs> like, and I can't drink dairy or eat out. Really? Unless I want to get embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Like That's it so started crazy. okay. So I breastfed and didn't get my period for 18 months. Amazing. I know. It was great. I was like, I can't get pregnant anyway. What's the point of having a period? So, 
um, two weeks before, like, I got my period at 18 months on the day. Two weeks before that, I was having the stomach problems that I had before. And then it kept happening every time I would ovulate after that. So interesting. Like ovulation was the problem. So you kind of do have experience with what she was just I, asking about. You know, I guess so. Yes. Yeah. But it's ovulation. I don't have endo. Yeah, but like I have endo symptoms. And when they went in to do my lap, they were looking for endo and they got in there and there wasn't any. Okay. But I wonder if so. it's kind of related because isn't it that women with endo have their symptoms are the worst, like approaching their period when the lining starts shedding and it starts bleeding everywhere? Well, I would think that your endo, maybe endo would cause food issues with ovulation too. Right. That's, that's what I'm saying. When it's like the fluffiest. Right. Yeah. Right. So. so and the first thing that crossed my mind was that endometriosis is like a form of an autoimmune disease, which allergies also are. So it's just that idea of your body overreacting to things that it shouldn't be overreacting to. So Yeah, mine was dairy. She didn't say what hers was. Yeah. She asked if we wanted more information, and I told her, yes, this is interesting. But if anyone has had... Like Sarah said, like, has this happened to you where you felt like you had weird allergies or food intolerance related to your endometriosis? Let us know. Or even ovulation. Yeah. Because I don't have, I don't have endo. So. Crazy. I mean, I have endo, like an endometrium. Is that what? Yeah. Like (laughs) in my uterus. (laughs) But only in my uterus. You have it where you're supposed to have it. Yes. (laughs) So let us know. Yeah. (laughs) And Kate, this is a different email. Uh, She says, I was wondering if you had come across people who are unable to fall pregnant due to hostile mucus. Which basically means my mucus kills my boyfriend's swimmers before they even pass the starting line. And I think we, I like, I have, but I've never met someone. Yeah, I've heard about it a lot. Um, yeah. And I feel like you see, we even talked about this when in the Infertility in Hollywood one. Like, it, it gets thrown out there. It was on Sex in the City and Friends. Oh, I have hostile mucus, which is just kind of vague. Or um, a hostile environment. Yeah, hostile. Which would be the mucus. Right. So... I've heard of it. I know it's a thing, but I don't know anyone personally that I feel like that's one of those things that there's more to that story. Like what specifically about the mucus <laughs> makes it hostile? Like is it the wrong pH? Yeah, or something. Or is know. it Or does it have like antibodies that right. kill sperm? Which would make it like an autoimmune thing. So So what makes it so angry? Right. And she asked if we had any tips about how to improve hostile mucus. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. Cause she said her, her doctor is jumping her straight to IVF because he says 
you have hostile mucus, so we need to, like, the only way to bypass the mucus is to do IVF and, like, put the embryo right I, in there. I'd be concerned about your body attacking the embryo. Yeah, I think that's something to consider. I mean, there's no cervical mucus inside your uterus, but... But what if it's not the mucus Exactly. That's what if it's... Right. What, like, wait, did you have... Does your body attack embryos, those natural <laughs> killer cells? Uh, they predicted that it probably does or did. Yeah, so she might need something like the immune therapy. Right. I would ask more questions about that because I would want to know what the doctor means by hostile mucus. What is it that makes that the inability to get pregnant? Because if it is an autoimmune thing, then just putting it in the uterus probably isn't going to help the situation. If it's actually the mucus, then it would. You could try Benadryl. <laughs> Take matters into your own hands. <laughs> yeah. We are not doctors. No. And we do not give doctor advice. But but I did take Benadryl. I've been trying to get people to take Benadryl as, like, <laughs> my own personal test. <laughs> Dr. Maybe Sarah. The Benadryl, <laughs> maybe the Benadryl will calm your histamines down. Well, it definitely does But take that. it after ovulation. Right, because it can screw up ovulation. You need the histamine response to ovulate, right? I feel like we talked about that at some point. We did in like episode three. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, oh, I ovulated. And then take the And then just start popping pills. Yeah. I mean, why not? And uh, Kate's from uh, South Africa. She's a Safi. Yeah. Yeah. A what? <laughs> a Safi. Did you just make that up? I don't know if I made it up. My husband's boss is from South Africa, and he refers to himself and other people from South Africa as Safis. Well, then you probably didn't make that up. Yeah. But I've never heard anyone else use it, so maybe he made it up. There's a clothing store here called Safis. Hmm. It's more for older ladies. <laughs> what, what do you think <laughs> of when you think of South Africa? What comes to mind? Blade Runner. No, I mean, I just think of, like, the tip of Africa. <laughs> I don't really think of anything specific. I think of the Blade Runner, and I think of Nelson Mandela. It should be in the other order. It should be the other way around. Nelson Mandela, Blade Runner, and then just a bunch of elephants and lions and giraffes running around. I don't know if they have those there. I don't know either, but that's what I think of. Kate, educate us on South Africa. <laughs> so the last thing was we were going to talk about that crazy viral um, news article. Infection. Infectious. Yeah. <laughs> Infectious disease. Yeah. <laughs> the article about it's this really pretty picture of this baby wrapped in a rainbow blanket. A newborn surrounded by, quote, IVF needles. And I put that in quotes because they're not all IVF needles. <laughs> like a crap ton. A crap ton. 
Like she, which we've seen this before. Yeah, you know, the my first thought when I saw that was like, and this is in no way criticizing them because I think what happened was she's a photographer and someone in the in the news biz must have picked it up like the story and did a story about it like on a legitimate news source like I don't remember where it first got posted but there's tons of articles about it now so anyway long story short what the point I'm making is there's lots of people that go through IVF that do the exact same kind of post you can find them all over Instagram and Facebook of people Pinterest I'm sure Pinterest who take a picture of their newborn with their IVF needles making the point that it you know, they went through this struggle to get this child. So the idea of doing a picture like that is not new. I mean, this one was obviously beautiful and very artistic. It's a beautiful newborn. It's a beautiful newborn. And just the the photo is really pretty. But man, it caused a... I just can't believe the shitstorm that followed. All the haters. (sighs) Ah. I actually got really discouraged reading the comments because it felt like, you know, sometimes you think you're making strides (laughs) and then in terms of like awareness for infertility or awareness about IVF or awareness about adoption or just different ways that people create their families and then you see so much ignorance on these types of posts so it turned into why don't these people just adopt like the majority of the comments like why would they or do why this? reproduce yeah the world's already populated enough exactly there were a lot of comments like that and actually it creates problems if you don't reproduce enough <laughs> Who's going to pay for your social security when you get old? Sarah, that is a brilliant point. We're already <laughs> bankrupt on that front. Have all the babies. I mean, yeah. I mean at least replace yourselves. You know? <laughs> Have two. Yeah. One for one, at least. I just get frustrated with people's misconception of adoption. Yeah, but to be fair, these people who are saying just adopt probably shouldn't reproduce themselves. <laughs> yeah, so take your own damn advice. I hope that it like backfires in a good way. At least people are talking about it. I mean, it's one of those like all what what's this how does the saying go? It was my stupid mayor that said it like no press is bad press or whatever. Like, or don't let a crisis go to waste. Not that this is a crisis. But the point being that at least people are talking about it. And maybe it makes someone think more about it. I I just think the, the thing that frustrated me the most was what people don't understand about adoption. Like, they just think you can go down to the adoption store and buy a baby. And it just um, any type work. of adoption besides fostering is going to be like super expensive. And fostering comes fostering to adopt comes with many obstacles. Like it's very it's a difficult thing to do any sort of do- adoption like emotionally. 
Because you could, like, you could have a family member if you have a foster child and you're, like, on the path to adoption. You can have a family member of the child's, like, biological family just pop up and be like, I want the baby. Yeah. There's and they'll just tons of hurdles to, to go through with adoption. I was adopted as a teenager, and that was still, like, I was under 18, so it cost, like, with all the legal stuff, it cost, like, twenty five to 30000 Wow. So I'm a very expensive <laughs> person, I guess. Person. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it can be just as expensive or more than IVF, and... There's oh, yeah. also no guarantee, like what you were just saying. There's so many roadblocks to go through, whether it's like, and and it's hard for a lot of people too, because of the screening process for adoption, like the criteria is very strict for, you know, through certain channels. And it's just, just the idea that yeah, that's like, an easy option is so frustrating. Some of the, like, some people wouldn't pass the criteria to adopt right like this couple i mean it depends on the state you're in but this was a lesbian couple it's hard oh, it? to adopt a child as a same-sex couple it's just harder than it is yeah. for heterosexual couples so just this idea the the just adopt crowd you just need to you know just crawl back under the rock from wherever you came from and mind your own damn business yeah. <laughs> it makes me think of, I went to a Billy Joel concert last night, which if I sound a little tired, that's why. I might be slightly hungover from my $12 beers. I was, I told Peter, I'm like, she wanted to start recording a little bit later. I bet she's hungover. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. Like, oh. <laughs> no, but he has a song called My Life. You know it? No, I don't. Okay. Maybe we can bump out of this episode and play his song called My Life. It's so appropriate for the naysayers in the infertility community. If you have any naysayers that are like, just adopt, or maybe it's not meant to be, or blah, 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 you just need to play them that Billy Joel song, which is basically like, you know, go ahead with your own life, leave me alone. That's the main line of the song, <laughs> or one of them. And he sang it last All night, right. and I was like, yeah, Billy, the Infertile Mafia is with you. <laughs> so, yeah. $12 for a beer at Wrigley Field. Come on, Wrigley Field. Who do you How think you are? How big was it? Oh, How many ounces? Like a 16 ounce, like a pint. Hmm, that's a very expensive beer. I know. You can get a six pack for that. <laughs> you should have smuggled some alcohol in. No, you can't do that. Well, I guess you could, but nah. Then it'd be warm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So that's all our business for today now that we're half an hour in. <laughs> I'd say it's not really business. It's more like chatter. Yeah, it's not really. We just don't know what else to call it. This is this is like the section where we talk about what we want to talk about. Yeah. So down regulation. Do they do down regulation with IUI ever? Not that I've I've never heard of it. So, if this is only for IVF. I think so. 
I guess. Every Which down, down regulation is to calm your ovaries down. Correct. And start from a baseline. They want to start from like ground zero in the ovaries. They want everything super quiet. So they try to put you right. in like a basically like a menopausal state so that they have the best control over your production from there forward. Which is weird to think about, like, when you're on birth control, it's like you're in menopause. Yeah. That's basically what it's doing. Like, don't do anything. So they're putting, they're putting all these teenagers into menopause. Yeah. Yeah, you guys know how not we feel about I, long-term use of birth control. We're not fans. Not that I think that it's wrong that they put teenagers on birth control. Like, if they're going to be doing it, they should, like, take some sort of precaution. It depends on the why for me. Because I think a lot of them get on it because they have really painful periods or they have acne or whatever. And it's just the long-term use of it that is can be damaging to your fertility. And we're not for that. We would No, we are no, not. No, we are not. We would prefer that you treat the root cause of why you're having those symptoms. And r- treat the root cause of teenage stupidity... And wanting wanting to have sex. There's other ways to combat that, too. They're little peanut brains. I know. Like, just, like, (laughs) they just, all they want to do is (sighs) go out behind the bleachers and make out. And the next thing you know, you're in the back of Kevin's car. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a real person? Yeah, so cut this out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you should just bleep his last name. I'm going to bleep it yeah. out. I'm going to bleep it out. Right. <laughs> anyway. But anyway. Yeah. So they put you on birth control sometimes before doing IVF. It depends on your diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Of course. Like, I don't think that they would put low uh, DOR. What is that? Diminished ovarian reserve on birth control all the time yeah and in fact we have we are going to read a few listener comments and some of the women that said they either had yeah low ovarian reserve or diminished ovarian reserve or a low amh um were not put on any kind of down regulation because with someone with that diagnosis the doctor doesn't like does not want to suppress they they don't want to do any kind of suppression but then you have on the other side of that like PCOS women with PCOS are probably sometimes have more aggressive suppression because they have so many to start with they had me on birth control like the first round for seven weeks crazy and then the second time was five weeks and it it, this birth control they put you on is like the worst thing (laughs) it's the worst pill they put you on for sure way worse than the stems that was a common theme too that people of all the parts of medicating for IVF a lot of women were like birth control was the worst and you aren't expecting it to be the worst you know yeah and if you haven't been taking birth control for years and then you all of a sudden start taking it 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 is like your body's like what is happening so you have birth control, and then the other common down-regulation drug is Lupron. And 
that's an injection and it usually comes in like in the second half of your cycle, the luteal phase. And I think it's an even more aggressive form of down regulation. So again, I didn't have a problem with Lupron. No. I must Did you take Lupron? No. But it seems it's like different. women who were put on Lupron now, I don't know if this is this is my own conjecture. Like, it seems like a lot of women with PCOS were put on Lupron or a combination of birth control and Lupron. For my frozen embryo transfer, I was put on Lupron. Okay. And it it wasn't bad or anything. Did your doctor give you any um, explanation why he did not do birth control and did Lupron instead, or I? I did birth control. Oh, you did both. For two weeks, I think. Maybe, I don't know. And then I started Lupron. I didn't do them at the same time. Okay. So I think that's pretty common. And then I did Lupron. Yeah, I did Lupron during the cycle up to probably ovulation day. Like what would be ovulation Mm -hmm. day. Then I switched to progesterone. Gotcha. But you didn't have, and it seems like most people didn't have a lot of trouble with Lupron in terms of side effects. So if you have to take Lupron, no. it sounds like it's not, it's not as bad as the pill. Um, is it just a subcutaneous injection in the stomach? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a very small amount too. Okay. Okay. So. So. That. Those are the main two downreg. Yeah. Uh, drugs. Regulation <laughs> drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we'll get into some listener comments here. And the first few are like symptoms. So these are like symptoms that people had during downregulation. Contessa says, I noticed it made me a bit irritable. Not quite as bad as Clomid or Letrozole, but I definitely felt my mood change. And I had some breakthrough bleeding, but my nurse said that was normal. I did too. I think that's very normal. A lot of people have breakthrough bleeding on birth control pills. Yeah, I bled for a month, like the second month of taking it during those seven weeks. Why does that happen? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A month? Yeah. And then I'm going to do IVF? (laughs) Uh, Amber said, I did two weeks of birth control. I felt like I was possessed by Satan himself. (laughs) Yes. What is it about the birth control that makes us crazy? I don't know. It's horrible. See, I did not have that experience, so I don't think it happens to everyone. But I also, like, I look back on it and think about, I, at the time, was really, really busy with work. And I wonder if I just didn't notice that I was acting like I was possessed by Satan himself. Like, I felt weird. Yeah. Like, ragey. <laughs> yeah. Mm. That's so Poor miserable. Hmm. Um, okay, so Brett told us that she had some extreme exhaustion and nausea from birth control pills. Um, she also had some headaches and even worse exhaustion on the first days of Lupron. Interesting. And then she said, mm. once I got past that, my Lupron symptoms weren't too bad. My headaches stopped after about a week. I did do acupuncture, but I'm not sure if that was really what helped the headaches go away. All told, 
17 days of birth control, four days of Lupron and birth control, and 20 more days of Lupron. She was on Lupron for a while. Yeah, you're on Lupron for quite a while. Yeah. Okay. So she's one of those combo deals. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Lee said, currently down-regulating with three weeks of birth control. Side effects have been being emotional and wanting to eat the world. <laughs> Seriously, it's like PMSing for three weeks straight now. Ugh. It's just miserable. I think that's a common, mm-hmm. like, most of the, the the side effects that people have remind me of, like, when you're PMSing. <laughs> yeah. Like, irritability, fatigue, like, crazy hunger, you know. <laughs> just uh, yeah ragey yeah <laughs> sarah's making like dinosaur hands at me Rawr! <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, miriam did 21 days of birth control and 10 days of lupron the lupron just made her extremely moody and cranky and she had hot flashes but the mood swings were just intense interesting so, like, every single one of these people took it for a different length of time. That's what's crazy to me. Like, how do they decide mm-hmm. uh, scheduling? Mine, <laughs> is, it's scheduling. That's why it was on it so long. Yeah. So. Which um, other people That's backed why. you on that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not making it up. No, I didn't think you were. <laughs> um, Karen just, said... The cl- I kind yeah. of felt like PCOS. I kind of feel like PCOS is its own down reg. I had my baseline ultrasound the same day as my consult, and I was on cycle day 100 or something, and all was quiet on the hormone front. So I started birth control pills that night just to keep things quiet, which I see Whoa. your point. I see your point. Yes. But I wonder if they, through blood tests, they... Because I would feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah, wouldn't women with tons of follicles that are, like, right on the cusp of, I mean, they're not active, but they're more active than, like, the ones hanging out in a non-PCOS ovary, right? I just wonder if, because you've got so many, that they still put you on the birth control to, like, completely shut that down. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Yes. So we did have a few listeners that told us, I found this very interesting, that their doctors did not do down regulation. So Hmm. maybe we're trending in that direction. I don't know. Like Brittany said, her doctors said the norm, that was the norm maybe 10 years ago and is outdated if people still do that. (laughs) Um, I feel like that's not true. Oh, we're going to argue with another doctor. Let's throw down. Come on. Let's talk about it. <laughs> that, I mean, I've been to two different clinics and they both did downreg, so. I think downreg is still the standard practice. Yeah. I would be curious why he said it's outdated. Yeah, and where is this guy from? Is he, like, a new doctor? Yeah. I mean, maybe he's right. I don't know. Mm. He He might be right, but it's not. Like, he's the exception to the rule, not the other way around, in not I doing it. I wouldn't say it's n- not the norm. No, right, right. That's what I mean. Yeah. 
But I find that very interesting. Yeah. And Danelli said something similar. I didn't do any downreg before my cycle. I was 30 and diagnosed with diminished ovarian reserve due to an AMH of 0.9 and AFC of zero. So that's anti-mullerian hormone and antrophollicle count. Those are both like... Ooh, what? yeah. Yeah, that's... That's not That's good. not good, yeah. So that's like what we were just talking about earlier. If you already are starting with a low reserve in your ovaries, they're probably not going to want to keep shutting things down. And then she says, the doctor told me to expect less than four embryos. I asked to skip birth control and they refused. Interesting. So you did do down reg. Anyway, okay. But she goes on. Yeah, she goes on. First attempt at a cycle at baseline, my ovaries looked worse than usual and we canceled. So that's when she did the birth control, sounds like. Two cycles later, we did a natural start. No birth control. It went amazingly well. 14 retrieved, 13 fertilized, 11 made it to blast. That's awesome. And then he said... Yeah, she, that's really good. That's great. Our doctor was very surprised with the results after, again, starting with an you know AFC of zero and 11 cysts on my ovaries. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a really good turnout. Yeah. And she was right. Like... Her doctor was wrong. <laughs> makes me wonder if I would have not did birth control, what would happen? Yeah, it makes me wonder if Brittany's doctor is right. But I think some people, it does help um, also, like, with OHSS, like, overstimulating. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but for like for me, like my situation, I never overstimulated. Correct. But yeah, I'm not talking about you. Even but... having PCOS, so right. But I think it could. It prob- I think that it helps with people who have cysts. Yes. So they're not starting out with like one cyst or one dominant one that screws up all... all the other ones. Yeah. Yes. That is a really good point, Sarah. Because everyone knows when your follicles start growing, if one starts dominating, then the others are like, oh, she's got this. And they're not. And yeah. And that's not what you want. everything up. Yeah. That's not what you want with IVF. You want them to all be growing at the same rate. So that's another reason why you would do birth control. <laughs> so... Alicia, speaking of cysts, said, I wasn't expected to do any downreg, but at my baseline appointment, they found a cyst. So my doctor put me on birth control for two weeks. The cyst cleared up and I jumped right into follow stem, relics, blah, 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 etc. So uh, she said, I'm not really sure why the doctor didn't have me begin with birth control because it seems rather common. Thankfully, they didn't because birth control makes me hate everything and everyone. <laughs> So, to your point, they found a cyst. Put her on birth control. Maybe they were being nice. They're like, you don't have to go on birth control. Yeah. Or the timing was right. Yeah. They're like, oh, your cycle is lining up perfectly with my schedule. So. (laughs) Let's do this. No birth control for you. Uh, Gina said Uh, that she didn't do birth control for her last round. The cycle prior, my progesterone was too high. And the one before that, I ovulated even on the pill, so they just had me go off of my natural cycle. (laughs) 
The birth control made me more emotional and crazy than the stems. I was on Menopure and Follistem and no crazy side effects. So again, so many people said the stupid birth control was worse than the stems. Well, I wonder how that cycle went. Did you ever say? Um, not in this comment, but I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. Gina, tell us how it went with the natural round. <laughs> and then scheduling wise, Megan said, I did about 10 days of birth control. I was told it was mainly to help with scheduling. So Megan's doctor was upfront and honest. <laughs> <laughs> what? And then Emma said 11 days of birth control. My office said it was not just to control the cycle, but they truly do like to suppress everything before overstimulating it. I haven't taken birth control in almost three years, but I'm pleased to say my side effects have been minimal. That's oh, nice. Good. Headaches every now and then. Today is day nine and I have been pretty bloated and everything got on my nerves. So I had bad anxiety. Okay. So some symptoms. <laughs> so that could, it, she said it could be the people she works with too. <laughs> right. That doesn't help. You know, sometimes these things are compounding. <laughs> it could be the people you work with. <laughs> I I put those two things at the end because they both had doctors that kind of admitted like, yeah, this is sort of because of scheduling. <laughs> Partly. Oh, I was supposed to tell everyone something and I was going to put it in the business. What? So I told my brother that I talked about him on the podcast. Oh, no. And he's like, you talk about me on the internet? I was like, yeah, because <laughs> you're being a jerk. And he's like, you need to make it clear that I support IVF. I just, I don't care about your podcast. <laughs> oh, that makes it all better, bro. <laughs> so there's that. He supports all of you and your fertility treatments. He just does not support me and my podcast. <laughs> If no one, if someone doesn't know what Sarah's talking about, her brother got her really hot and bothered because he was not being supportive of her doing the podcast. That sounds wrong. Yeah, it does. <laughs> hot and bothered, like mad, not like you know. <laughs> yeah, and like he made me cry, which I don't usually cry. Yeah, but we we got to the bottom of it that it was really just a selfish reason because your mom watches your child while you record and can't help yes. him it's all it it really comes it has nothing to do with infertility is my point he's a very selfish there person. you go <laughs> you said it not me <laughs> i wouldn't be mad if you said it <laughs> but i'm glad to hear that he supports the infertility community in his own way yeah. Why don't you tell him if he doesn't support your podcast to support it in another way? Maybe he can sponsor our next giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he would. Yeah. <sighs> He's a douchebag. <laughs> Spoken like a true sister. <laughs> <laughs> Sibling love. So, out of the box, Sarah. Out of the box. Uh, I wanted to touch on two things I watched okay. that are still kind of still related I after we did our infertility in Hollywood part two I watched Vegas yes. baby and it's really good oh was nurse Linda in nurse there? Linda is 
has a starring role. You should watch it since you love her so much. <laughs> it's good. Um, I didn't realize it was about the about that her clinic where she works in mm. that famous one in Vegas. I think that she moved actually. Oh, so she doesn't even work there anymore. Hmm. I didn't know Nurse that. Nurse Linda did IVF. Yeah. Those are always the best doctors and nurses, the ones that have been there and done that. They put six embryos in. Oh, well, she did this a long time ago. Back when she that was the norm. Pregnant. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was in the 80s. Yeah. They did that all yeah. the time in the 80s. Yeah, let's just throw nine in. Let's see what happens. But it was really good. I liked it. I cried multiple times. You know, you and I are like a few years removed from being in the thick of IVF. But when I watch things like that, oh, I just feel all the feels and I just feel for you guys that are in in that place. I just I was uh, I was crying for you. Oh, I know how hard it is. Okay. It's hard. <laughs> I'll watch it. <laughs> watch it and report back. <laughs> okay best concert you've ever been to speaking of billy joel which is not uh my answer jenny lewis i don't know jenny lewis oh she was a child actor she was the lead singer of rilo kiley mm. <laughs> no? why was it the best it was really good I saw them. In, I saw her in uh, Lawrence, Kansas, the Granada, and um, I was front stage. She made eye contact with me. Nice, nice. Have a girl crush on her. Oh, or I did. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was really good. It was a really good concert. Oh, that's great. I can't pick what was one. Your... I can't. Oh. <laughs> This was your question. I thought you were coming I know. with a concert. I well, I have I have a few that are just di like they're the best for different reasons. Wait, let me guess. John Mayer? <laughs> no, actually. Oh. No, although I mean, he puts on a good show, but no. Do you have you heard of Damien Rice? Yeah. I would have to say like from a musical standpoint that is one of the best concerts i've ever seen was a damien rice concert really yes he's so good yeah so i didn't realize yeah but i i can't not say the in sync concert in like when i was like 17 16 17 where i got to go backstage i mean i have to pick that one yeah you know did you meet them yeah i have their autographs Oh, do you have a picture with no, them? No, we couldn't take pictures oh. with them. But I got to see That's them. disappointing. I'm pretty sure I gave JC a high five and whispered <laughs> under my breath, I'm in love with you. But, you know. He, he didn't, like everyone is. He didn't respond back. I'm still waiting. Oh. Between that and the... I okay, guess... my, Sorry, go ahead. Hmm. Oh, I was going to say the Britney Spears, the Dream Within a Dream Tour concert was a really good one, too. I haven't seen Brit live, but I bet she puts on a good show. 
or used to. She does. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm sure she puts on a good show still. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, she's a, she is an entertainer. There's no question. Hit me, baby, one more time. That music video was like everything. It was. <laughs> but I also can't not mention. I have one more. And it's going in a completely different direction. Have you ever heard of George Strait? Yeah. I have a I have an unhealthy obsession with George Strait. Um I blame my mother. This is the Texan in you. It is. This is all her fault. Because I really think I love him for the nostalgia because she listened to it all the time when you know when we were kids and she has an even deeper obsession than I do. So it's not even that I think he's like the most talented artist, although I do love him. But anyway, I went to one of his concerts by myself because Bill was like, no, nah, no, thanks. And <laughs> no, I loved it. I had a great time. And because I went by myself, I was able to get a ticket really close to the stage. So That's awesome. I got a really close ticket. And then on the way out when he was leaving coming off the stage I was on the end of like where he walk you know they walk off the stage and out whatever and he looked me right in the eye and high-fived me what? George freaking straight high-fived me that's awesome and people that don't know who he is are like uh and am I supposed to be impressed I'm sure pe- most people have heard his name at least he is probably the most famous country music artist alive today you mean besides dolly parton um <laughs> yeah probably well i love dolly i parton. love dolly we've talked about this remember we talked about how dolly had endometriosis and had to have her no. a partial hysterectomy and then never could have kids and she said everyone's kids are her kids it's so like i know when <laughs> i found that out I found that out doing research on our endometriosis episode, and I loved her even more. She's amazing. I want Dolly Parton to be my grandma. I I want her to be my best friend. She's just... Know that, too. And she's so talented. She has written... Did you know that she has a lot of tattoos? No. Like, little butterflies over, like, stretch marks and (laughs) scars and stuff. You know, that woman owns every choice that she's made about her body and I love that like she gets so much hate for all the plastic surgeries she's had and she's just like whatever I don't care it makes me feel good I don't you know yeah she's so great and people don't realize how talented she is as a musician as a songwriter she's a songwriter first an entertainer second like Uh, the songwriters are the ones who make the money right she's such a talented songwriter like, most people don't even know that she wrote the uh, the famous Whitney Houston song, I Will Always Love You. How, how do they not know that? I don't know. She sang it first. She did sing it first, but Whitney made it I like the way I like the way Dolly sings it better than Whitney Houston. I like the way both of them sing it. It's such a good song. It's such a good song. So that's all we have for Out of the Box. We're going to wrap it up. Um, as I mentioned at the top, join our close Facebook groups, follow us on Instagram, feel free to send us an email, infertilemafia@gmail.com. at gmail.com. 
And of course, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast to hear more talk about eggs and balls and stuff. And in our next episode, we're talking about PCOS. Because September is PCOS Awareness Month. That's right. So we better record an episode in September. (laughs) So we are going to make you aware of PCOS. We're going to make you aware. It won't count if we do it in October. Because... That's true. (laughs) We have to do it in September. Because October is a different awareness month. Right. So. All the awareness. That will have its own episode. There's so many things to be aware of. Yes. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia. Bye. Bye.